Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas um, with your family or a vacation somewhere. It doesn't matter. Um, had mine and we had our granddaughter here and that made Christmas just amazing. <clears throat> had a great time. Weather was nice. I, I hope everybody got to enjoy the holiday. Now, what do we got coming up? Cause we're going to be in a new year here in a couple of days. Uh, that means we're going to be writing the wrong date for a while till we realize it's 2024 and not 23 anymore. Um, we have a sort of cold temperatures. We touched freezing many places last night and you may get close there, uh, tomorrow morning. Outlying areas out by the airport, up in the hill country, probably getting a freeze. But we're not getting the, okay, we're going to get frozen for long periods of time. And, and that's good. That's, uh, that's good. We have cool weather, but we don't have unbearably cold weather. It's going to be 72 on Sunday. That's a beautiful day. What a way to end the year. We're still in desperate need of rain. Just unbelievable. Tuesday, they estimate an 80% chance of rain. Great. Great. It's the quantity of rain we need to argue with. We're going to finish eight or more inches behind at the end of the year. That's a lot of rain. That is a lot of rain to be behind. And you sure don't want to make that up in a weekend. That much rain, try to make it up in a weekend, we're gonna, we would have such serious flooding. But the temperatures are good. This is winter gardening weather. You may possibly have some stuff you need to cover with frost cloth just for some overnight things. If you got strawberries in the ground, you might consider covering those when it freezes. They're fairly hardy, but you go on to the trouble to get them there and get them coming. Um, and it'll be the end of January where you'll start getting really good harvest. So covering them just lets them, you know, stay healthy. Let them establish roots so that they can have plenty of fruit for you. Um, what else? We could use some more cold than we've had. I know that sounds silly, but there are plants that really need to freeze. Asparagus needs to freeze. So all the fronds, are brown and you can cut them down. 
your um, Esperanzas, your Texas Yellow Bells, uh, the Hamelia, Mexican firebush. These plants really need to have a hard freeze to freeze them back. Many of our grasses, uh, some of them are looking great. I have a blooming Gulf Muley. When the sun shines through it, God, that is such a pretty plant. But we need some freeze. And we're going to be cooler, but us in central Texas, in, in the Austin area, we're not cold enough yet. Now, we are starting to rack up some chill hours. Not a lot of them, but they are being registered. Remember, that's between 45 degrees and 32 degrees. Every hour where the temperature is between those two numbers is a chill hour. And some of our fruit trees won't produce unless they get the number of chill hours they need. So we're starting to count those up. That's a good thing. That's, that's a good thing. Because we're not freezing, some of our plants, uh, my loquat, I have one that is almost all white. It has so many blooms on it. Smells fantastic. And it is doing amazing. So long as it can get those fruit on there and we don't get a ridiculous cold day, I may be able to get some loquats this year. Oh, man, that's a delicious fruit. It really is. There's so many things you can make with it. And a loquat is a, a really great privacy shrub. Some people call it a tree, and they can get quite large. Uh, but normally, we kind of use them as, you know, eight-foot-tall fence. Evergreen look. Um, they have a, a very tropical leaf to it. They try very hard to stay evergreen. The older your loquat, the colder it can handle it. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be able to produce fruit, but it may freeze hard, and you won't get as much damage the older it is. You'll see it come back from the roots pretty easily. And since it's not grafted, you don't have to worry about things like that where, oh, I got a tree back, but it's not the same thing that I was hoping for. So my loquats are looking great. And this week of temperature, man, that's, that's a sweet spot, a great temperature to start the year with. A little terrifying, though, because it could mean in February we're all going to be bundled up uh, freezing everything everywhere. We'll just have to wait and see. We don't have real numbers yet. And trying to estimate the weather a month away, that's a fool's errand. That Three days is about the max you're going to get a really good weather report. After that, 
to some extent, we're guessing. Now, highly educated guesses, so that's great, but we're still guessing. And again, we're still, it's not the cold, it's the rain. We so much need this rain. And we're looking at an inch to two in central Texas. The nice thing about it is because this cold weather is bringing on that nasty word, and that is cedar fever. It's been going up slowly. It's getting higher and higher, and I know a lot of you already recognize that. Um, sorry. I'm also one of those people. I've been suffering. If we can get some cold, the cedar fever will go up. However, if we can get some rain, the rain will wash the pollen out of the air. So we're kind of gambling here. The cold will make the pollen erupt. That can be troublesome. The rain will wash it out of the air for us. So if we can get cold rain, that's the best combination we can do to back off that cedar for us. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Listen, in the last hour on Colleen's show, she brought this up and, and it's something that needs to be said. This is seed starting time. Now, whether you simply get a bunch of seed catalogs and look at all the cool plants you could have, or you actually order some seeds, the first of the year is a pretty good window to do indoor seed starting. Now, those of you who've got a greenhouse that stays warm, you could put them out there, but you only need a relatively small tray and uh, a decent potting mix and seeds. And this is, you know, this is a good time of the year to do so. My wife and I were discussing this morning what kind of tomato seeds we had and which ones that we wanted to try. Uh, and of course, uh, our son has a garden, so if we plant too many plants, we know where they'll go. He'll be happy to take them from us, but we could be starting a lot of our seeds right now. Probably looking at tomatoes after the first of the year. Now, remember, if you go to a nursery, and you go to buy a four-inch start. That's pretty much the standard size. So you got a four-inch start, and it's a pepper, or it's 
eggplant or tomato, um, that start was a seed about eight weeks before you bought it. The growers seed these things out right now, this time of the year, and try to get them growing as fast and as big as they can get them in the shortest period of time. Now, you got to balance that against, gee, I've got, you know, I've got a whole bunch of six-inch tomato starts. Well, if they're six inches tall right now, guess what? You're going to be growing them inside in bigger and bigger containers because the weather will be too cold to put them in the ground. It may be late February or early March, sometimes even later than that, before we get the weather conditions that will work the best to put those tomatoes in the ground. But starting them now, first week of the year, whether it's this weekend or next, count eight weeks. And that's when you'll be looking at uh, an almost ready to go into the ground tomato. And of course, remember, it's not the time, it's not the date, it's not when you put the tomatoes in, the weather is the determining factor. And if we have a particularly warm winter, gee, you may get tomatoes in the ground early. If we have a cold winter, you may want to keep those tomatoes inside in containers or in a greenhouse where they'll stay warm enough. But we're getting into that window to start them. We got a couple of weeks easily. Peppers and tomatoes, they should start fairly easily for you. You can help them along a bunch if you have a heat mat. It doesn't have to be super hot, but bottom heat can help them germinate and grow faster. Now, I, I don't use a heat mat, and I get really good tomato seeds. They start up just fine for me. So it's not a necessity, but it can speed up the amount of time it takes for your plants to germinate so that you can get them big enough to go in the ground. So we're kind of in a balancing act here. Check out the uh, check out the seeds that are available. Lots of catalogs out right now. There are so many seed companies. They're all really pretty good. I don't know if I could refer to a bad one but it will be the time to get those seeds and get them started if you want to have your starts in the spring for things like tomatoes, peppers. Those will come out a little later 
Not that the seed is later, but those will go out into the ground a little later than the tomatoes. Now, there are seeds, maybe you're real big on cucumbers. You don't necessarily have to start those inside. Those are super easy, super easy, quick starting plants. Tomato, uh, excuse me, cucumbers, squashes, those things plant the seeds directly. They'll just come up real fast. And if something goes wrong, say you get a cutworm and it kills your start, well, you can treat for the cutworm easily and you can put a new seed in the ground and you've got plenty of time. Lots of assumptions here. Unfortunately, a lot of assumptions. Will we have rain? Or are we going to have to provide water ourselves? Not only is it going to be an issue about rain, what's our temperatures actually going to be? Are we going to have a super hot year like last year? Are we just going to continue the drought we've been in? You know, we don't know. That is the thing about gardening. You do your best. And hopefully, your hard work is rewarded. And always remember, as frustrating as it may be in your garden, you you are not feeding yourself. You always have the ability to go to a farmer's market, a truck stop garden. You can go to your local grocery store to get the tomatoes, peppers, onions, whatever. Gardening is a, a, a very enjoyable pastime. It can be really frustrating I mean, no doubt about it, kind of hard to garden when we don't get rain. It's really hard to garden when the temperatures are above 100 for days on end. But that's us. We're gardeners. We will moan and complain and be very unhappy when we get bad weather and swear we're never going to do it anymore what do we do? (laughs) One more season. It's always, we'll do one more season. Gardeners are more dedicated than Cubs fans. Okay. It took Cubs a hundred years to win the world series. (laughs) A hundred years. And the way they've been playing, they probably are not going to win it again for another hundred, but that's gardening. It is joy and frustration all in one package. Now, not only do we have seeds starting, we talk about the tomatoes. There are a whole host of flowers you could get started. 
Um, most of them are going to wind up being annuals. There are some seeds you can get that are perennial. But there's lots that can be done. There's lots that can be done with an assortment of colors. And whether you start them in a container or you just direct seed them, you know, spread wildflower seeds, this is not a bad time of the year either. Pick your flowers. Get your seed start trays and start them yourself. Now, I happen to have a bunch of uh, pipe vine seed. We may start some of those uh, this year. Beautiful, beautiful host for uh, a really lovely butterfly. Rather than once I got one to grow, I don't have to buy any more because I can just use the seeds that were produced to start my own. So that's what we're looking at right now. We're hoping for uh, some good choices some good opportunities, and we're hoping that this season is going to be better than the last one. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Coming up, break for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We uh, have an opportunity to start a bunch of seeds right now. And one of the questions is, what about starting things like milkweed seeds? Well, I have a resource for you. It's called... um, Native American Seed. Their website is seedsource, one word, seedsource.com. They have a beautiful discussion on the wildflowers, particularly the wild milkweeds and the native milkweeds here in Texas. When to start, how to care for them, Do they need that cold cycle? Do they need to be kept cold for a certain period of time before you plant them? They've got a great discussion of the varieties that we find here in Texas. Uh, At the end of the year this year, people were sending me some great pics of the vining milkweed. And That is a milkweed. That's a host plant. It looks really cool, and it's it's not rare, but it's uh, unusual at the very least. 
the best way to determine is to turn around, check out this website. They have the best information on how to start them. Can we do it now? Not sure. I have been quite fortunate that I haven't had to start any milkweed. I have been incredibly cautious that when I find milkweed growing on my property, I make sure I don't mow it down. I will put a flag in the ground so that I can see it from a distance so that I don't run over it with a lawnmower. And it has multiplied quite well. We know the spots. We will go to various places and we know that we will have one there in the spring. And that's, that's antelope horn, of course, one of the common native milkweeds. But there are plenty of others that we find as we walk along. Is it the right time to start? I'm not sure if we're going to get enough cold if you put them in the ground that they'll wind up coming up. You have nothing to lose. A milkweed pod has like what? A bazillion seeds in one pod? You're welcome to try them. You 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 really are. And if you want to get more information, again, cannot recommend them enough. Part of the problem is when you go to this website is it's really easy to get distracted because they have so many so many native wildflowers that they can sell the seed for you. It's Native American Seed. The website is seedsource.com. They're great people. They have blue bonnet seeds if you're looking for them. They have milkweed seeds and how to properly germinate them and get them started. They have all sorts of wildflower seeds. You can get bundles. They've tuned them to poor soil or you want to attract hummingbirds and butterflies. or They're just the source for dealing with the best selections of wildflowers. Now they also have grasses. Now people are like, oh wow, they have grasses that will grow under such and such conditions. Yeah, they do. You just have to remember some of the grasses they will carry are two, three, four feet tall. That's how tall they gotta be to be healthy. So you're going to have to be prepared for that. But great source with great information to start your own milkweed.
Um, a Cubs fan. Thank you. Grew up in the Chicago area. Very disappointed many, many years in a row. Anyway, um, this is a good time of the year to do the seed starting. This is a whole assortment of seeds that you can be starting. We tend to focus on, oh, it's tomatoes and peppers and cucumbers and oh my, but it isn't. You can start um, a whole host of flowers and grasses. You can even start some shrubs. For example, you can even, as an example, if you see a flowering Texas sage, right? That's that gray green bush with the pretty purple flowers that tends to bloom around rain cycles. If it blooms and you have one or you know where one is, when the blooms start to look like they're falling off, you can go over and you can collect seeds from it. And I got to tell you, I have a bunch of Texas sages. White ones, dark green leaves, gray leaves, big purple flowers, little purple flowers. There's a lot of kinds of the Texas sage. And one of the things about it is, the stuff reseeds like crazy. I got it coming up everywhere. I got it coming up in the middle of fields, nowhere near where the plants were. So you could start doing that. You could start going by and collecting seeds from plants that you notice in your neighborhood, um, along the side of the road, places like that. And you can look to propagate those plants, not just, yeah, a better tomato or a great cucumber, but lots of beautiful flowers. And with the Texas sage, perennial shrubs. So that can be another advantage right now of looking at your seeds starting. Remember, a container, some seed starting mix or a good potting soil and a seed. That's all you need. If you really want to have fun, raid your herb cabinet or your herb cabinet, depending on where you're from. You'd be surprised how many of your herbs are seeds. And you could use those seeds to start more plants. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I got texted a question here. Somebody wants to plant a... Uh, 
Holly, and Nellie Stevens. And the problem is they live in pretty alkaline soil. Now, they'd like to plant it on the north side of the house. That should actually be okay. That is a plant that doesn't need lots of hot, direct sun. It should be fine. Sunlight. The problem is the alkaline soil. The holly is fairly forgiving in poor soil. But what you can do is you can amend it when you dig the hole. Take out some of the nasty soil and work in a good quantity of um, a good organic compost. Blend it. You don't want 100% compost in the hole. You'll wind up creating a potted plant, right? It'll stay only in the good soil, start wrapping its roots, and long-term, very bad for the plant. Blend it in. You can probably go a max of 50-50, and that will help a great deal to get the plant started. Annually, <clears throat> give a good layer of compost, at least annually, excuse me, around the root zone of the plant, maybe an inch deep. That kind of maintenance will improve the soil and give the plant a much better growing environment. So, we can manipulate a lot of things soil-wise when it comes to our plants. Now, not everything. For example, if you live in a heavy alkaline soil, there is no way you are going to manipulate that soil enough to grow something like blueberries. You cannot make it acidic enough and keep it acidic enough for the blueberries to grow. But many other plants, you can accommodate them. You can get them to get started, to do well, to uh, get established in the soil. That is a good plant for that environment, um, that is a good plant for that environment because they'll grow here. So let's say it is something that you would like to do. Your Yopon hollies are also a good choice because they are native. They are much more tolerant of that kind of soil. So those are good choices, but you can help them out, help them get started, help them get established 
by providing a little extra when it comes to the soil. Just a little bit of help and you can get things going even better. Again, for many of our plants, you can manipulate things enough to get a good return on the plant, to get it to establish and take over. But usually it is not a, you do it once. I may really blend up some super good, fantastic soil, plant my plant in it. You have to understand that organic matter gets broken down. And at some point, if you're not continuing to add the organic matter, you'll run out of them. You'll, you'll, you'll run out of the nutrient that the biology needs to make your plants happy. To con the, the biology that converts everything into the form that those plants need. So, yes, there, there are plants where you can make it work, but you have to keep working at it. The older the plant, the more established it is, the more adapted it is to that soil. So you can... Uh, You can try these things. Again, there are some that no matter how much you amend that soil, it's not going to be enough. You will have to do so much all the time. When it comes to increasing the acidity of our soil, that is a very difficult process is definitely not do it once and it'll stay acidic. Not going to happen. And that's part of the reason why sometimes it's a better recommendation to do things in a container. Um, you can grow blueberries here very well in a container because you can easily amend and you're not constantly fighting the surrounding soil to keep it acidic enough. Blueberries are really bad about that. They need a pH level that is very acidic compared to what we have here just walking around the soil. So by having it in a container, you can really manipulate it and prevent it from swinging one way or another too rapidly and not be affected by the soil you're planting in. You have to remember our soil is so alkaline, much of it is so alkaline that if I dug a hole and I put in amendments to make it more acidic, every minute the existing surrounding soil is fighting to make it alkaline.
It's a nonstop process. Constant additions of organic matter will help. Will help you manage it, but it's constant. Every season, anytime you yank plants out of the ground, you need to put organic matter back in there. Every season, you need to put organic matter over the root zone. By taking those actions, you can work the pH down, but you're not going to be successful trying to get it down to the level it needs to be for blue uh, blueberries. That's asking way too much, and it's a lot of effort. It's a, it is a lot of effort. So, yes, a plant that's close, a plant that is close in our environment, maybe it would prefer being a little further east, you can probably manipulate the soil enough that you can keep it happy here. Blueberries is not one of those, okay? That's, that is not going to be an easy solution. But the other ones are, from our hollies to our yopons to all kinds of the next native Texas plants, you can usually get them to move to where you want them. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming up to the top of the hour. We're going to break for the news. I'll catch you on the other side. 